All right, welcome back to the Three Dogs in a Movie podcast. Today, we are doing a little something different, um, going over the 2008 comedy uh, Ben Stiller movie, Tropic Thunder. Uh, the reason I call it the Ben Stiller movie is because he wrote, produced, directed, and acted in this movie. Uh, tons of characters, but we'll get into that. Right now, I'm joined by a dog, playing a dog disguised as another dog. <laughs> My brother, Tim Daly. How's it going, homie? Mook's up on the bed where uh, we rearranged the room this week, and uh, again, we're still communicating over the, uh, well, we've changed it up this week. We're going over, uh, over what, Google Hangouts? Yeah, so hopefully this audio will be a little bit better, but... Should be a little bit better, but I'm excited to do a, a comedy. Uh, dog and I, I mean, us, our nature is just comedy, I think, our yeah. relationship is, is basically, we make a joke of everything, so this we, is one of Right, we've gotten deep in the last couple times, so this hopefully will be a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, even though I was when I was going through this movie, it was kind of funny. It's a movie within a movie again. Like somehow we're doing. <laughs> we've done Inception, which is dreams inside. We've done Truman Show, which is a show inside of a movie, and now we're doing like these guys get lost in the jungle in a movie. Like it's there's so many layers to this one too. It's just kind of funny. Yeah, but, but I think the point of this movie, which uh, again we'll elaborate on, is making fun of the layered existence of Hollywood actors, yeah. of, you know, just the ridiculousness that exists <laughs> on us. That Robert Downey Jr.'s race, there's a couple layers there, too. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. So, yeah, it's, it's honestly, although there are layers, uh, I mean, which Ben Stiller tends to do in his movies, which is why you can watch him again and again. Uh, it, and that's an actually a... a uh, a nod to extras. I don't know if you've ever seen Ricky DeRay's extras. <laughs> yeah, he's, anyways, um, but he, he's one for the fences on this movie. And it's just, it's a huge production. Yeah. Not only is it a comedy, but it's an action movie too. Uh-huh. Like, and I found this time around, I was honestly almost appreciating it more for an action movie than I was a comedy. Yeah. It's like almost like he's almost plays like Rambo in this, but ho- before we get into like the character development, let me just quickly go over the plot again, Tropic Thunder directed by Ben Stiller, 2008 movie. Um, and you, the movie opens with uh, the introduction to the five main characters or actually four of the five main characters kind of setting the base that, that these guys are all different. And by, by showing previews of, of recent movies that they've done, um, And so the five main actors are Ben Stiller as, and you're going to have to keep me honest. So we got Ben Ben Stiller as Tug Speedman. Tug Speedman. Jack Black plays Jeff Portnoy. We have um, Brandon T. Jackson playing Alpa Chino. Uh, And he does not really in a movie. He's just more of kind of like a promo guy, a rapper. um, Who's produced, what what is he pushing, booty sweat? Yeah, I mean, uh, th- during the time that 2008, there was all these energy drinks coming out being put out by rappers and stuff. So he puts out busting that bar and some booty sweat, uh, <laughs> popping ass open is his, uh, is his uh, tagline. But I-, I think it's supposed to be like a ludicrous esque. Yeah, I think Nelly. Yeah, right. Ludacris and Nelly were both doing uh, energy drinks at the time. And then the final, and then the other one is uh, Robert Downey Jr., who is um, what's his character's name? It's Kirk Lazarus. Kirk Lazarus, and he's he's kind of the the guy who is the he's a five time Academy Award winner. 
Uh, he's kind of he's gonna be he's the big star in this movie. That's that's basically trying to save Ben Stiller, Tug Speedman's career. All right. So after they they introduce the the main characters, they dive right into a scene that they're filming. It's it's kind of like a a, a parody or. It's a. It's supposed to be a Vietnam, a throwback to Vietnam movies, like you see. Um, I don't know, Rambo Two, Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, there's just been so many over the years, and it's almost it, it's almost comical, like how similar it is to every single Vietnam movie you've seen. Well, sure, there's a particular soundtrack that goes along with every single one, like the same songs. You know, they have to play. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, CC Cleveland's career revival. Like I think they played that in Forrest Gump too. Like it's yeah. it is it's uh, it, it's just a cliche Vietnam movie. And we pick up in their mate in the major scene, like the the climax of the movie within this movie, um, where uh, Ben Stiller is just getting lit up. Like everyone's trying to run back to the chopper, which is so funny in it, in itself. Ben so Stiller, you're setting up the opening scene. Yeah, the opening scene. Ben, ben Stiller, this, keep in mind, this is a, a fake movie that they're recording right now within Tropic Thunder. Everyone is, you know, they're in a, in a, in a rainstorm of bullets and uh, everyone's trying to get back to the chopper. Ben Stiller takes what I counted to be about 35 shots to the back and is still somehow alive. I think he might, might have gotten nicked by like a, a grenade too. Um, yeah. And this is like the scene that they're that they're filming for their fake movie or you know their produced movie within within Tropic Thunder, and everything that can go wrong just does. Ben Stiller just kind of freezes up; he can't really act. Uh, we get introduced to um, <laughs> into Robert Downey Jr.'s character, who is just in. There's no other way to say it. He's just in in this weird pigment black face. Pigment changing blackface. He has the uh, he he his acting method is to completely take on his character and and just it, it become his character. He says until the DVD commentary is done. So <laughs> it, it, it's just the most absolutely ridiculous committed actor ever. Yeah. So to to keep a long story short, they they basically blow the entire scene, including the pyrotechnics. Um, that where they're blowing up, uh, you know, it looks like a, a mountain in the background. They basically blow up all these trees in a mountain and the cameras are not rolling. So they've wasted so much money to this point and can't get the movie right. Um, so the movie continues on. The, 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 the movie that they're creating within Tropic Thunder is based off of a book that Nick Nolte's character wrote and who, who's, who's supposed to be this ex-Vietnam guy who lost both of his arms in the war. They then, so the director and Nick Nolte are talking, how can we save this movie? Because the producers are really just breathing down their throat. And, they get, and Nick Nolte suggests, let's throw them into the jungle and just film, you know, like a, a gorilla filming, like, you know. Sergeant Four Leaf Tayback. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Nick Nolte's character, who's awesome. Yeah. Um, so they throw him into so they throw him into the jungle, and immediately shit goes wrong too. The, the director goes, "Okay, we're gonna film this. I've got cameras hidden everywhere." Then he steps on an old French mind. The five actors that are left behind: Ben Stiller, Brandon T. Jackson, Jay 
Jerry Baruchow, Robert Downey Jr., and Jack Black think, okay, we're in it now. We're, they're not sure. They, they just watch the director literally blow up and they go, was that a stunt? Like, is he testing us? And then from there, they, they continue to get lost in the jungle and eventually Ben Stiller getting captured and the four of them try to, the whole movie's about them saving Ben Stiller from this, uh, from the captures who are these Vietnamese drug lords. So essentially, right, they, they, they put themselves, the director, Steve Coogan, who is a great British comic actor, like, it seems every single, there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about coming up, but I, the cast, every single actor in it, every minor character, has their own show or it could star in everything. That's the, the star power of this cast. Literally all the minor roles are, like, even Bill Hader, yeah. like, he has, you know, has his own show called Barry. Um, but anyway, Steve Coogan puts them out in the jungle and says, if it's gonna, if it feels real, it probably is. And there's like a heroin, <laughs> there's a heroin manufacturing plant just around the corner. And sometimes that Coogan, as director, steps on a landmine, gets blown up. Ben Stiller is ridiculous. He's like, I know a prop head when I see him start putting it on top of his head, licking, licking the real blood. The, the, the amazing part about this movie and what it's so great about Robert Downey's character is even when he's the only one who realizes that the guy is actually dead, he still can't break character. Right. He's still he's still playing, I think his name is Osiris Jones. Yeah. Is the is him as a in blackface essentially right. he, the entire yeah. movie. He get, yeah. He gets even a pigment change. The director is dead. He still cannot break character. It's it's awesome. It's so funny. Brandon T. Jackson, who's playing Al Pacino, is the other black guy. Actually, he's the only black guy of the characters, but he's constantly giving, or he's constantly putting Robert Downey Jr. in check saying, like, you're not black. Like, just because you had the pigment change, you're not black, which is, I thought re-watching it was kind of... Uh, would be controversial today. Like, I don't know if you remember, like, the Rachel, Rachel Dolezal in yeah, real life. Or, yeah, just, I mean, it's, of course, it's a hot topic. I mean, the, I mean, uh, just blackface in general is just a hot topic, and they go there in this movie. Something that in 2008, even, they, you could probably wouldn't be able to pull off today. Well, and that, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they go for in this movie that they can't pull off today. And I, I, although Ben Stiller might be able to, because it's all satire, the entire movie is making fun of, of Hollywood, but also just True. action movies and stuff. But, uh, but, I mean, the whole uh, never go full retard, you know, it's simple, the simple Jack character. Yeah. You can't, you can't, first off, you can't say retard. No. They'll blank that out, retarded, they'll blank that out on TV. <laughs> so, so before, that, so let's, before we go into the, the, before we go into like the story and just like different scenes in the movie, we've kind of laid out, you know, just the, the top layer. Just want to say how it did at the box office, just kind of get some stats out of the way. Sure. Its budget for the movie was $92 million. When it came out, it didn't do that great. did not have a op- great opening weekend. It only grossed um, $110 million domestically, or I'm sorry, $195 million worldwide. Um, so it wasn't a huge box office hit that I think that they were planning, especially with the star power that it had. All, all three of those guys, like the three main characters, Ben Still, Robert Downey Jr., and Jack Black, are, were all all in their primes at the time when this movie came out. And, you know, you, you can say that they still are in the tail end of their primes right now. I think Black's doing a, a, a few money grabs at the moment. But um, 
so when it when it came out, it was kind of I was, when I saw those numbers, I was kind of shocked to see how how you know poorly it did it, relatively to its budget. Um, a couple other things here. Um, the, we always mention the, the Oscars for these movies. Shockingly, there was some Oscar, some Oscar recognition. Um, so Robert Downey Jr. was selected for Best Supporting Actor. I think that's an awesome nod because he's so good. Rewatching it, he's, I think, by far the best character. Yeah. Uh, no, he definitely carries the movie. But when I saw that, like, so I only saw between the Oscars and the time that... Uh, you know, this movie came out, I only saw it once and I just thought that it was such a joke that he would be chosen. But as you watch this, as you keep rewatching it, it probably was the right call. Oh, I mean, so one of my topics that I want to talk about absolutely, because it's, it's a satirical movie, is who in real life would these people be? Yeah. So who is Tug Speedman? Who is Kirk Lazarus? Okay. Who Who is... So we've already said... Al Pacino is like ludicrous or Nelly, yeah, Nelly, someone like that. Um, so, who, who do you think Kirk Lazarus stood off the bat? Like the the, the two main guys, Kirk Lazarus and uh, Tug Speedman. Oh man, um, like guys who like don't. Come. So like the the method acting where they yeah. completely commit to the character. That's one. I mean, so, so I think I think Lazarus. I think Robert Downey Jr.'s character is kind of. Poking like fun at Daniel Day Lewis, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, like the well, like you have to take in mind the physical, you know, uh, transformation. transformation he undergoes, which is like a huge thing for like Christian Bale. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, you know, but how far would they go? Like, is black like how far? Like blackface is obviously way too far for. I mean, even for two thousand eight, it was outrageous. Yeah, I mean that was kind of the point of it, which. Maybe is why it didn't do so great in box office. Like, no, they're I, really, it, I, it was, it's a niche movie. Like, it, it really. You're right. Like, it's a niche movie. They, it's a niche no movie with a huge was. budget. But it, it, no one really knew what it was when it came out. I didn't go see it in theaters. Laura and Dad did. Dad thought it was hilarious. Laura didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but but I, I just don't think, maybe, I don't remember being advertised much either. Do you? I do, yeah. I mean, when it was being advertised, I think it was, let's see, I think it was uh, during the Super Bowl, I want to say, my senior year. You know how they always do, like, the big movie of, of college? I, I just remember being with Mike Livingston when I watched it, and I go, like, that just looks so stupid. And he's just like, dude, this is going to be a funny movie. And he was right. He ended up being right, because right? it just looked like a set, like you said, a satire. It almost looked like a big-budget slapstick movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you, Ben Stiller really named something he's done that isn't really funny. Like, he pretty much nails it every time. Yeah, this is true. Um, so, so going back to the Oscars real quick, Doug, um, Robert Downey Jr., shockingly, did not win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor that year. Care to guess who did? I have no idea. 2008, let's see. Uh, I, um, I don't know. It, it. it was in a Batman movie. I'll give you a hint. Uh, best supporting actor. Yep. In a Batman movie, two thousand and eight. Uh, shoot. I don't know. Uh, oh, oh my gosh, Heath. Heath Ledger. I I needed yeah. to hold on. I'm glad I held on that extra second. So you got. I'm sure oh, anyone who's Heath. listening was probably. Oh, 
Well, I was thinking it was Batman Begins because I was thinking when I was in high school. Yeah. But 2008, by that time, I was probably in college. Um, and yeah, there, I remember, so that was my freshman year in college. And what do you think? And of course, The Office touched on it. Who was the, the most popular Halloween character that year? The Joker, obviously. Exactly. So I remember that. I actually do remember that from college. So there you go. Boom. Nailed it. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> um, but can <laughs> you believe it's one of the? It's probably, it's arguably one of the best supporting roles of all time. Um, in my opinion, if followed up by, I know this is a big jump, uh, Tom Hardy and the uh, the Revenant. Yes. Yeah. I, I think those are two of the best supporting roles of all time. Um, I agree. But getting back to our movie. Um, no, but last thing quickly. Can you, the best picture that year was Slumdog Millionaire, and Slumdog Millionaire is a good, starting to movie. And another another thing about the Oscars that made me think while while looking up this is like the Oscars almost pays no attention to comedies. Like they don't have a they don't have a category for that. And I think I mean I I didn't go back and look at every single Oscar, but I think this was really the last time someone from a comedy was nominated for any one of the major four or five uh awards at at the oscars so that's a really good point dog actually um and i think so a thing we talked about at each time we've had a podcast is that i brought up is the how people what we appreciate on screen is changing um and i think with all the stand-up specials that are coming out and all the how, how comedians are portrayed um, you know, as just such de- depressed and really tortured people. Yeah. Um, and how we're learning that, like the, with the death of Robin Williams. Yeah. And, you know, the, the suicide of Robin Williams and, and um, you know, uh, Greg Giraldo. Um, just like it really, we've learned in this time of, you know, there's so much, they're producing so much and real stories are, are yeah. taking precedent to are really taking precedent to fictional stories. I think right now that, which is why there's a huge true crime um, push right now. Yeah. Um, Cause real is honestly sometimes better than fiction. Um, so do you think but, that the, do you think that the Oscars will catch up with that? Do you think that the, well, I think the golden globes are they definitely. Uh, are. So, and, and there's also these platforms like Netflix are allowing people like Aziz Ansari to do, to do multifaceted shows like Master of None, mm-hmm. um, where they're funny but also tell really true stories and are reflections of different parts of our culture. Right. Um, and really, there's there's a lot going on. I think in comedy in New York, of course. Um, but I, I I think what we're talking about is is the the Golden Globes recognizing um, comedy as you know really as worthy art in a sense. Um, and, uh, and I think w- as a culture, we're all getting towards that and, uh, we're working towards it Yeah, because we're, what we appreciate is changing in our, in our artists. Yeah. Um, the co- co- they're no longer just comics. They're artists. Dave Chappelle, me and Matt, my new, my roommate, Matty Riley just moved in. Homeboy, what's up? Um, he, uh, we just watched Dave, Ch- we've been watching Chappelle show season one. We just watched for what it's worth his standup and, um, then you watch Chappelle's new stand-ups, and they're so much more political and multifaceted. He hits on different stuff. He's not just talking about, um, you know, fart jokes and right, yeah, you know, jokes and stuff. He's talking about, you know, culture as a whole. And he's more of like, 
he's a philosopher more so than just a comic now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because, uh, again, as, as a, as a, as a whole, we are respecting comics differently now. And, and I think we're going to get to that point where there's going to be a comedy. Who knows what's going to happen after this quarantine that people are stuck away. Hopefully everyone's writing. Yeah. I've been creating so much. We're doing this podcast. I'm really hoping this is a time that people are creating and there's, you know, and we're changing our perceptions too. Yeah. So hopefully the Academy catches up with that. And, uh, you know, we see a wider range of acting performances, um, you know, certainly comedy and then, you know, even, even they make fun of it at the end of the movie, but even like a, a, a documentary, maybe that could be up for best picture. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, or, 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 ha- or hold a higher award. Cause when they show the Oscars, it just kind of skips over, you know, they, they do like a list of, you know, here's what, who's, here's who won earlier in the night when no one was freaking here. So it's almost like you need a certain amount of production level, a certain level, like yeah. you need to spend X amount of money or beast that like, so parasite was just like this off the wall. But also, like, that's the Hollywood foreign press, so they're, like, trying to give a nod to foreign movies and stuff. Anyways, there's, like, this criteria that they have that they're not looking at what is really valued right now amongst people like us who are, you know, we're just the guy in the fourth row, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of the time we we just want a good movie to watch, but also stories, especially with all the time we have and... And, and again, with the access with all these new platforms, the stories we're listening to are different. They're not just these huge movies. Um, a lot of times they're these 10 episode yeah. hour long. Right. You know, Investments. Yeah. Like the jinx. All right. Well, we can get into those on a different day. Let's get back to Tropic Thunder. So where we kind of left off and what we want to talk about is that first scene where they, where they're going into the jungle. Um, No, no, no. Hang on. I'm going to bring you back because we were talking about, I asked you, who's Kirk Lazarus? Oh, right. It's Tug Speedman. Oh, man. So so we we said like Christian Bale for Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Daniel Day-Lewis. But who would take it too far? Uh, Nick, Nick Cage. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Yeah, Nick, Nick Cage. In the name, dog, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, yes, right, yes. Kurt that's Lazarus, Nicholas Cage, and he would take it too far. Oh, that's, uh, I couldn't, I think if I sat around and thought about it, but that is perfect. That is the and perfect analogy. he's got analogy. the heavy hitter roles, yeah. like he, you know what I mean? He's got the weird uh, uh, personal life who, yeah. that's just like totally, you know, off the wall. Um, so that's who I was thinking, Nicholas Cage for Kirk Lazarus. Tug Speedman, who is... All right, so we need an action action hero who's on the rebound. Keith or, Keith or Sutherland? No, he's too... That's he's too Tug's, old. All right, so what was Keith or Sutherland's scorcher? So, uh, 20, uh, 24. Uh, it's 24. 24, but that's a, that's a series. So Ben Stiller in the movie, Tug Speedman... His his big movies are the Scorcher movies. So he's a he's an action hero who saves the earth. Folks, who did thought it was coming six more times? So the the initial trailer you see in the beginning is for Scorcher six. Okay, how about this one, Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel. Sorry, Doug. I already I I had I thought about that, but 
what I rewatching this movie and looking at the cast, I think it's Tom Cruise. Oh, that's a good one. So okay, who's in the movie? First off, another great name, Tom Cruise. Um, and but also, not only is he an actor in the movie, and I hope it's a nod to his self awareness because his 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 character Les Grossman, who is the owner of in in the head. He's the stu- he's the studio he's the studio head yeah at the studio at the movie studio anyways off the wall character but Tug Speedman this action character who has this this uh, series of movies Mission Impossible yeah yeah from. There, uh, I think there are six of them Doc, I think that's a perfect analogy for Tug Speedman he's got, got no he's got no friends because of Scientology where she's got no family Katie Holmes and his child was just like this weird relationship that is no longer yeah. in existence. He's Tug Speedman, man. Like, yes, that's perfect. But, Tom but it is Cruise, Tug Speedman. So I have a note here about Tom Cruise in this, um, who maybe could have been up for some sort of award himself. It's it's the first time I think I've ever seen him be <laughs> self-aware in any movie, or even in real life. Like you, yeah. when you're watching him and you know he's like, you know, he's covered in that fake chest hair, and I think he's got a fat suit, he's got a bald head in it. Yeah. Yeah. But it seems like he gets it. Like, it seems like he's actually, like, exactly. yeah. aware and, like, okay, yeah, you're in a funny role. You're not the lead. You don't have to take over. and You can just kind of be goofy. And I don't think yeah. he's ever done that before. I look back and actually the only other time he's done something like this was another cameo thing in Goldmember in Austin Powers. Remember at the yeah. end he's playing Austin Powers and he's just kind of – but that was only oh, for, like – Yeah, yeah, good call. But that's the only other comedy that I think he's ever been in. Nice. And the only time he's been self-aware. seemingly human, yeah, or self-aware. Like, well, and I honestly, I hated that character. I, I, th- I think the dancing is obnoxious. And because of Tom Cruise's nature where he's just like, he's one of those actors where his personality comes through in every single role. He's a great actor. I don't, I don't dislike him like I do Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I won't go <laughs> that, down that road. But, uh, Leave him alone. Uh, but he, I, I, I was really annoyed by it initially. I thought he's so good this time around. Uh, yeah. He's so intense. And yeah, that self-awareness just came through because of, I was thinking, you know, he really is that actually, no, I was, I was also uh, watching some um, of his stunts for Mission Impossible, like him doing his own stunts and really, really getting consumed into his Hollywood persona. Is, like, it, is it just matched up so well. Come to think of it, is this the only movie we don't see him in like a full out sprint? That that is a good point. Uh, uh, let's see. Does he sprint? Nah, <laughs> I mean, does he sprint in Jerry Maguire? Yeah, yeah. There's some sprinting. I think he's trying to make a plane at the end or something like that to get back to Renee Zellweger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's think- funny. I saw a thing on Reddit this morning. Uh, the things that actors do, like. Um, uh, Matt, Matt, or Harrison Ford is always looking for his family. Yeah. Needs to rescue his wife. Uh, Matt Damon needs to be rescued from somewhere foreign. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, not, yeah, Brad Pitt's always eating always something. eating something. Always. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but t- and Tom Cruise is always sprinting. I think Travolta dances in every single one of his movies too. He like, does some sort of like just a shimmy or some sort of dance. What about in Swordfish? I don't know about that. 
Yeah, I mean, even if it's just like one of these things where he's just doing this, like he has to. I don't know if it's in his contract or whatever, but yeah, he right. probably can't leave the set without getting something on that. But really, like, I'm so glad you you brought up the Tom Cruise thing because he's. It's just it was just so weird and so different for him. And even though what he was doing on screen was kind of cringeworthy at times, it was just like okay, yeah. like I can see. I finally see Tom Cruise in a role where I actually would want to you know, maybe spend some time with him or, like, shoot the shit with him for a little bit. Like, I think the only... But also, Doug, to his ego, I think he would only do it if it was this big budget Ben Stiller movie or if it was, you know, Austin Powers 3 was a, also, uh, you know, a highly anticipated movie that being funny. That's one of the only... There's That's a comedy sequel that actually held up and maintained... Oh, it's great. Um, you know, there was no Ace Adventure 3, if... if you know, right. you know what I'm saying there. Uh, so respect to Mike Myers, you know. Anyways. So um, going back going back to the actual movie itself, did you have a favorite scene or a favorite quote from the movie? My Honestly, I love the trailers. I mean, the way the movie opens, it doesn't show any – it doesn't – it's as if you're at the movie theater and they're showing previews. There's no – there's no – preamble or anything it doesn't say starting it's just right into booty sweat like the commercial yeah. <laughs> and then and then it goes into booty Tom sweat. Cruise's trailer for Scorchers 6 which is just is so good or bet, yeah. I'm not going to quote it all it, it's just so good but then followed up by possibly my favorite some of my favorite comedic work ever is Robert Downey Jr. and Tobey Maguire in Satan's Alley yeah. which is the the trailer that is is uh, for Kirk Lazarus's character in yeah. the beginning, and what it is is it's a, it's a fake movie, and what it is is it's two monks, uh, Catholic monks, out on an island in in Ireland, and they're gay, <laughs> but they have to they have to hide their their feelings, and and it's absolutely it just the two of them are absolutely hilarious, like it's. It, it, it's talking about like Kirk Glass, five-time Academy Award winner Kirk Lazarus in 2000, it, 2006 Best Kiss MTV Award, Best Kiss Winner Award, Tobey Maguire. <laughs> it, it just like, takes a quick dig at Tobey Maguire, which is awesome. Which he's also self-aware too. It's yeah. great. Like, uh, it, it, it just, it, that is something I laugh out loud every single time. At. I mean, just the waves crashing, them ripping each other's belts like oh, just... Tobey Maguire really did win best kiss it was the Spider-Man kiss right yeah, all yeah. The, ups- the, dude, the, the infamous upside down right Kirsten Dunst mm-hmm. Tobey kiss of course like it was so funny or not the kiss but the but the trailer the the one what was it called Satan's Alley Satan's he goes coming, coming this fall and then it fades out and he goes You know, and you know, it's they they hit on you know the the, the taboo of gay, being gay in the Catholic Church right yeah. off the bat so hard. I mean, when you when you saw it in the theater, did you realize what was going on right off the bat, or did you think that at first that those were like real real previews? Or I didn't see in the theater. I knew that they were real previews. So I, I I didn't see it. Um, I, I, I was aware going in. Yeah, Dylan. My buddy Dylan McLean had showed it to me. He's a, he's a big movie buff, so he was excited. Um, 
But yeah, so that's probably my. What, what would you say your favorite seasons? Um, I think when they first get lost and they're all fighting and like there's just so much chaos going on with like Jack Black is going through like drug withdrawals and he's just being sweaty, fat, funny Jack Black. Like okay. I, I, I think that that's funny. Then then when Tug Tug Speedman and uh, Kirk Lazarus so Don, so Stiller and, and Robert Downey Jr. are talking about going full retard. I think that that's... Oh, I mean... I think that that's, that's probably... Like, Tug, Spe- or Tug Speedman is just a joke, and everyone knows it but him. And Robert Downey Jr., I think, is both kind of trying to make him be self-real- self-realized and at the same time poke fun at the, the fact that he did Simple Jack and he just went way over the top. Oh my um, God. That whole that whole like three three to five minute sequence where just all hell's breaking loose, and then that's 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 when Robert Downey Jr. decides to give Ben Stiller acting advice. You know, I mean, it's it's a little bit later on in, in, after that, but I mean, it's it the fact if you listen to that dialogue, Robert Downey Jr. is shitting on him the entire time, and Ben Stiller just can't hear it. He's just like. Hearing what he wants to, and he just goes. Agree. He goes. When I was playing, when I was playing Jack, simple Jack, he's like, sometimes I actually did feel retarded. <laughs> I was retarded. I rode the bus retarded. I. Made it just, he's like, you're just a moron. An imbecile. <laughs> simple Jack. Bought in bathtubs. Another thing too is like Ben Stiller's just like leading them into the woods further and further away, and he goes, but "Hang on." But this this is why alright, so this is Kirk Lazarus telling him never to go full retard while in full blackface. Right, you're right, right. He's in full that's the that's the whole thing. Never go full retard. The dude's in blackface. Yeah, like, you went full how how much which is more offensive? Going full retard or going full blackface? Right. I think full blackface. And he's giving him the advice that so that's gotta be my favorite part. Um, j- just right after that, too, like as they're going deeper, deeper into the into the woods, um, like I think they're all just starting to doubt each other. And Ben Stiller turns around and goes, "Guys, we're supposed to be a unit." And then Robert Downey Jr. comes in and goes, "Suck my unit." He's <laughs> <laughs> just the fact that he's still in character, but he's communicating through this character is absolutely absurd. Like. That the fact that they're out in the woods and he's uh, and he's doing this in front of another black guy too, which is just so ballsy. Like who? Something only like probably Nick Cage again would do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, true, true. Just no, yeah. Cannot take uh, the temperature of culture at the time. Just to set thinks that because he's like this great actor that he can just do whatever he wants. So also one of my favorite scenes. Another so the the last trailer in the intro is Jack Black's character, Jeff Portnoy. And the, the movie is Fatty's Fart 2. And it's, it's essentially, it's a play on Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor, totally, totally. It's the clumps meets, you know, like, it's it's a white version of the clumps. Yeah. So, so and, and essentially the entire, the entire thing is just, Jeff Portnoy plays every single character. Yeah. And it's just it's just fart jokes galore. Oh my and god. So who is who is Jeff Portnoy in real life? I mean, 
could it be like Chris Farley if he didn't die? I, I don't no, know. No, it's got so. I mean, is it, is it? I mean, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I mean that, that for the Nutty Professor, it's Eddie Murphy. But yeah, but his character. So he's he's just this fat piece of <laughs> all mixed up. They're like the opening scene. Like, hey, recently arrested for like the the E True Highwood story comes on. They're like. Yeah, he's arrested for heroin and glue. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> he's just completely out of his mind. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I guess, I, I mean, he, the physical comedy brings, but who would he, who, who would he be? Who would he be? Uh, um, uh, I mean, Jack Black. I mean, I think Eddie Murphy, I think that's who they're trying to make fun of, but... Like, as far as in real life, like, a guy that would just do anything, guy who has, a like, kind of a drug pa- a drug history. Our parts are music. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe, how about, like, an Andy Dick? Would that be someone? That's, that's, that's not bad. Like, he's just, or, uh, he's just completely just, he's at this one franchise that he absolutely needs. Yeah. And he's trying to expand that. I, I don't know. We'll come back to that. Who did you Who did you have other than Eddie Murphy? I really that that's a tough one because his and Jack Black when he plays a character it's so him too because he because of his nature he's right. just so rowdy right he's Jack, so rowdy he always plays himself in the movie so it's hard and he's to, always getting naked he's always down to his skivvies like he's very comfortable yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, the, his character when he's having withdrawals that's some of the funniest shit too he's just he's just <laughs> doing anything. It's like, I don't care what I do. I get down there, I'm going to do all the drugs. <laughs> but I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know who he would be. Him, him and Downey Jr. made me laugh the most in the movie. Probably, I mean, Jack Black could just, like, sit in my backyard and just do cartwheels, and I think it would be the funniest thing I've ever seen. His physical yeah. comedy is, is probably second to Farley's as far as the funniest stuff I've seen. Physically, Farley, physically. Farley and and actually, actually, Carrie's got. We talked on the last podcast. Jim Carrey's a physical comic who's just, I think, is hilarious yeah. too. But Jack Black, him just sweating and screaming, and I don't know. I just, I'll never get sick of that. You know, and then all right. So you brought up something before the podcast, Phil and I. You know, I was discussed a little bit. So Jay Baruchel's character is, you know, he's essentially one of the five main characters. Yes. Um. Well. I gotta stop saying essential, but he is one of the five main characters, and he, you know, he really doesn't have a great place in the film at all. Um, and Phil had mentioned before the podcast why didn't they give him his trailer, or why isn't he in a movie? Which w- would have been funny. He could have, you know, maybe they could they could have done something with him. But rewatching it, it's almost it, it's just him placed in that movie. I feel. Yeah. I mean, this like, this no might be that's actually him. What what about so at, in two thousand eight at the time Joseph Gordon Levitt was was kind of like that wiry kid who you've seen in things but never really put a face to the name. Could he be the comparison actor? Like assuming take us back to two thousand eight. Could okay, he be so that instead of Kevin Sandusky? It could be like Joseph Gordon Levitt. Like, yeah, you know, or, or maybe like, maybe like a Michael Sarah, maybe could that be? A yeah, good like Tom, and you can imagine like Tom Cruise just getting their name wrong all the time. Yes, yeah, you know. might be but, a good uh, one. Uh, I think I, one thing that needs to be addressed in this movie, 
again, going back to the beginning, is is the action sequences are so good. They are. I think that's the, the, the part of, I mean, beyond it being a comedy, I just enjoy seeing that we've just hooked up some new speakers. They're big explosions. Yeah. There's exciting action scenes. There's just like classic. I mean, of course, they drop the classic, you know, I'm a red farmer, motherfucker. Like, just like the, you know, the this, this stupid action lines. Um, but uh, the, a big person who actually plays it, who we haven't touched on, is Danny McBride. He's actually the cause of a lot of Yeah, uh, he's, so Danny McBride is the pyrotechnic um, for both the movie, and he's just, take out technic, he's just a pyro. Like, he, yeah. he's got the, all these burn marks all over his face, and like, he, yeah. he lost a, like, he was joking with Nick Nolte, oh, you lost your hands, and then he shows him his hand, he's like, I lost a pinky, and you know he's just playing with some firecracker. No, I lost, lost a pinky driving Miss Daisy for some Hollywood <laughs> gig or something. <laughs> anyway, it wasn't anything special, but... No, but the, it, the money that they spent in this comedy on just explosions, just to kind of poke fun of explosions, like, it was the real deal. Like, they, they no, went all out. I, I almost felt bad... They had to do that explosion out in Vietnam or Laos, wherever they were. So they, they actually, that's that's funny, they filmed this in Kauai. So in that opening scene oh. where they've got the choppers going, uh, this is kind of like a humble brag, but a couple of years ago we were out there for a wedding, Crystal and I, and we took that same chopper route right there. Really? And so when it's going through, I, I, I instantly went to the internet and I go, where, I've seen that. And that they filmed it in Kauai in Hawaii. What? That's mm-hmm. sick. Yep. And I, I guess, yeah, it does look like Hawaii, now that I think about it. Um, but the, you know, the, the, the action sequences are awesome. Uh, the fact that they never get hit with bullets is amazing. Yeah. Uh, makes no sense whatsoever. The fact that when they're saving Ben Stiller and they're using fake guns, they, yeah, they the make reloading, relating, reloading blanks. Right. They're, they're, <laughs> they're cocking back blanks. And even when they get them to submit, they leave the real guns on the ground and keep the fake guns in their hands. Oh, my God. I was, like, sitting, me and Maddie, I was thinking about poking holes in it, but I'm like, no, this... No, it's, it's no poking holes. Be, it's pointing out funny shit like that. It's just... It was so it's, stupid. It's supposed to be that way. The Danny McBride in it, he can't help... He also can't help but just play himself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. he's got his character with the, the mullet. He's, you know, the... His saying just... He basically just talks about... Boobs and you know, big ass Yeah, yeah. That's his character. He's just the, the, the macho a hole. That's he, yeah. he knows one speed. Exactly. Um, so continuing on with the um, the action sequences. I mean, the the opening scene, of course, is I think one of the best, just because it's just it's for it's the movie inside of the movie. That's what we're actually seeing, but. Where they they actually they, they loop it together and kind of and kind of mirror it is in the, the final sequence yeah when they're res- rescuing Ben Stiller they're actually and that was written in the script they're supposed to rescue him from a POW camp but they're actually rescuing him as actors finally they're realizing that everything's real yeah and they're they're gonna rescue him from the uh, the heroin production plant right. So, I, I, we can quickly recap this last scene. So, they, they finally escape. They finally get uh, Nick Nolte, Danny McBride, and Ben Stiller out of the drug, the, the Vietnamese drug den or kitchen or whatever you want to call it, colony. So, they're again, much like the opening scene, they have to now run to the chopper to be saved. 
So Danny McBride rigs up this this bomb on on the bridge as they're getting chased so that they can blow it once they cross it. Again, all this timing doesn't really line up, but it's it it make like in the movie you know that it's not supposed to be making sense because it's just kind of a silly movie. Anyways, they're all running back. Ben Stiller thinks that he can go back and be one with the Vietnamese natives, realizes real damn quick that he can't. He's running across the bridge while everyone's in the chopper, getting stabbed by this little kid. He he tosses the kid into the river. Then oh Nick, Nick Nolte sees this a chan- as a chance to be become a real-life hero be- as since he's been exposed as a fraud goes out, blows up the bridge, and you think that both him and Ben Stiller are now dead. Then you see Ben Stiller coming through the ravine, you know, injured but not dead. Now Robert Downey Jr., who has now transitioned back into his true Australian self, comes and saves him, and it's almost like a reenactment of the opening scene. that scene itself, the transition, so everybody, like, in the scene, not only is it just, like, the action, it's just, like, the, the, the movie they were trying to make, but during this scene, within the actors, everybody's being stripped down to their core selves. Yes. So it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They're, they're all ridiculous people. Doug, I have the word ridiculous underlined twice right here in my notes. It is so it, ridiculous. And to add to that, you know, all the Vietnamese people are just shooting at them. No one's hitting. And then they go the, now as they're going back to the as they're going back to the chopper. The, the king drug lord, who's a 12-year-old boy, has a, has a missile launcher aimed at, the, at, aimed at the helicopter that they're trying to get away from. Then all of a sudden, Matthew McConaughey, who's... who's we, haven't been, talked about, we haven't even talked about his character, Pecker. Pecker. Comes out of nowhere, who this entire time has been trying to get Ben Stiller a TiVo, throws a TiVo that blocks a missile, throws a TiVo up in the air... Which, the first time I saw it, I thought it was just a coincidence, but no, he actually, like, chucks it and tries to get it in the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then he's, that, he's the, the TiVo... Working, yeah. He's one of the hardest working agents in Hollywood. So the he's TiVo ends up saving TV. Ben Stiller and the entire crew's life as they're <laughs> trying to get away. And then he scurries off into the woods, and we're like, okay, yeah, that's fine, too. Like, you're just supposed to just suspend all, everything, so that this ridiculous movie can end... Pan out, pans out from Ben Stiller's face as he's in the chopper, and then you cut to next scene, and he's winning the Oscar for for the performance of the documentary of the movie that they were supposed to make. Yeah, just Robert Downey gives it to him. I mean, or uh, Kirk Lazarus. But it, it's it, the I think the scene that we're missing out on is, is the rescue of Ben Stiller. Is when is when Kirk Lazarus is the two actors who are completely lost in in themselves as you know their whoever their hollywood personas are yeah. just just kind of break each other down and and go through this 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 process to to, <laughs> to, to essentially just realize that they are just shells of men yeah <laughs> so i mean it, it's it's a hilarious scene that i'm not going to go through bit by bit but it, it, it just really, I, I don't know, it, it shows off Robert Downey Jr. pretty good when he goes through his, so he's, again, being the method actor, he's he's just basically, he says, I'm a dude playing a dude who thinks he's another dude. <laughs> he goes, it's it just that whole sequence, it, they're completely confused, and he goes through, and, and, and basically, he's, he's still stuck in all of his characters. Yeah. He never really came out of them. 
So you, you can you can see him not only by his voice, but almost his physical appearance goes from that the the black guy that he's playing into like this light eyed Australian, you know. <laughs> yeah. He goes from he goes from Osiris Jones who says, hey, I'm gonna get some crowd hands, eh? <laughs> and that to uh Oh, Father O'Malley. <laughs> and then to it's an absolute deconstruction of him which makes it I feel like which makes all the black face okay because he's just clearly an idiot yeah that was really good by the way your transition was just as good you deserve an, a podcast Oscar for, for what, your impersonation right there Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked on that one. No, I'm just kidding. He, uh, I just think that uh, um, I don't know. So going back to another funny line when he still was pretending to be black or in in that character, just before they're about to go rescue Ben Stiller, they uh, he he says you know they're trying to come up with a plan to do that. And he says that him and Al Pacino are already wearing Mama's natural night camo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so Alright, so what I want to do is go through the character, because every character in this movie has okay. just got a ridiculous backstory. From Tom Cruise's Les Grossman to, we didn't, again, we didn't touch on uh, Pecker, Matthew McConaughey's character, who is just like this ridiculous, he's like an Ari, not an Ari Gold type, but uh, just kind of like, just just a stereotype. Um, but uh, but Robert Andrew and Kirk Lazarus, um, uh, the, some of the lines he drops as, as a black person are just so over the line. Yeah. So what, so what you said you want to break down the characters or what? Like, so I, I mean, I so there's so many characters in this movie. I feel like it's we wouldn't do it justice if we didn't talk about like the Bill Haters and the the Steve Coogan's, who's the director, and the Nick Nolte's, okay. uh, that- Danny McBride. Like there's there's so many actors in this movie with star power. All right. The, the fact that they all came together for this and also just accepted these small roles. So I wrote down four. I'm glad you mentioned that. I think we did get into the Tom Cruise character, but I did write down four who normally would be alpha dogs in any other movie, but took a back role, I think, just to be a part of this movie. And it actually is what made this movie funny, are these alpha dogs who are just playing supporting, not even supporting roles. Like, they're just kind of these characters, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh down the line on the bill. Oh yeah. So the first one was the first one was Tom Cruise. I think we went into his character. Second is Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Third is is Nick Nolte, and then yeah. fourth was I. I put Bill Hader in here as the fourth. He's like the assistant of the of the of the studio yeah, head, but yeah, maybe in yeah. two thousand eight he wasn't as famous as I think he is now. No, he had just done super bad though. That's true. All right, so let's then go. Let's just do Matthew McConaughey then and Nick Nolte. So Matthew McConaughey, you want to kind of give him his background story? I mean, he's just so he's Tug Speedman's agent, and he's just he's kind of a complete d bag, um, but but just a diehard. He's he's a diehard agent, just totally pumping you know pumping his ego up and stuff like that. But yeah. I think it's funny his backstory. He's just like. You know, uh, Ben Stiller's looking for a kid in Vietnam. He's trying to adopt a kid and stuff like that. 
And he's like, well, he's like, at least you could choose yours. And he looks at his kid. He's like, he got like Down syndrome or something. It's just like, he's just, it's just like a nuts dive. It, it, but he, it just, I, I don't know. The, it, it's worth those, those tiny little characters, you know, just making such small appearances. I, I wonder how many days they even spent on set. Really. I, I mean, McConaughey and Cruz had to be there for the, you know, for a lot of it. I mean, you see McConaughey in the in the jungle at the end, like unless yeah, they completely yeah. CGI that or did like a film trick. Like I think he was there. Yeah. Um, the the funny thing with the him being an agent, a note that I took is that he was trying to like get Ben Stiller like the top technology, and I just thought sometimes like in the between the gift basket and what he's saying on the phone. He's like, oh, he's like, let me get you a TiVo. That seems to be a reoccurring theme, which we find out at the end is yeah. saves everyone's life. But he, he's also like trying to get him a BlackBerry, DVDs. Like they're yeah. set, they're setting up a video conference, and that's like supposed to be crazy. And then in the in, in the he's playing Nintendo Wii when when you first cut to him, oh, like yeah, that, yeah, like yeah. that's the that's top right. that's the top technology at the time. And then in in Ben Stiller's um, gift basket is DVDs and iPods. And, yeah, yeah, that's right. The iPod actually made me miss iPods. A which lot. right now, no one uses iPods anymore. We just all use our phones for listening to music and different different I miss, ways. I miss that. I want Phil. Phil for my birthday and probably my twenty third birthday or something got me an old style iPod. Yeah, of course it doesn't work anymore because I was landscaping with it. And blah blah blah. But I just miss having your music right on you like all the time. I have Spotify now, but what if I go out of service on camping and stuff? You know, you can only download. True, you're and only as good as your you're only as good as your signal now, your Wi-Fi or your audio signal. No, I know. So I, I have done that. I've done that with tags before. I just pulled that. We we have like these old, you know, like the gum stick shaped podcast. It could only hold about maybe 300, 400 songs, which at the time was mind blowing. But now is kind of you know we with we have literally the entire internet on on these phones now but yeah we always pull out like old tracks we would keep like our favorite you know electric music or whatever and, and of course share it mine still works actually so it's it's up it's upstairs anyway anyways getting away from that um uh matthew mcconaughey he has a choice to make at the end of the movie whether to let ben stiller just rot in the vietnamese jungle or he can go save him and you know, continue to make money. And at the, I think at the end, he's like looking between like a G5 plane and then simple, a simple Jack DVD. He's just trying to figure out which is more important to him. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh yeah. He's, I mean, that character again is, is totally believable. What That's another thing. All these, all these heavy hitters took on these roles pretty, not seriously, but they took them on. Like Bill Hader's that little bitch. You know, Steve Coogan is totally believable as like the 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 eccentric uh, director. He's out of his element director. Yeah. And what did that what they have when Tom Cruise has that dude, the key grip, hit him in the face, that is such a graphics <laughs> punch in the face. Like that's pretty nice. He hits him hard. Yeah. Yeah. He hits him really hard. Uh, uh, all right. So Nick, Nick Nolte yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Nick, so Nick, Nick Nolte, who's you know, he he's got the perfect voice and he's another one of those actors that's kind of self-aware a little bit. Yeah. He's had to go through some shit to become self-aware, but yeah, he had, he's kind of had that drug past and right. kind of falling out too. But so to see him come back in like this, you know, 
he's, you know, the fifth, sixth, again, seventh, eighth role is, is, is just funny in itself, but he's also just playing a fraud, which is, he himself, I don't think has been into commit many comedic roles. So to see him as like this fraud Viet, uh, Vietnam war vet, um, is really funny. Um, you're, it, I, usually in movies, they do this at the end where it's like a reveal, like, Oh no, my, my hooks, his arms really were, were hands all along. They do that like right off the bat. They just get that right out of the way. Like pretty much yeah. expose him as a fraud and, you find out throughout the movie that he's just more and more of a fraud. He's like, well, he's like, yeah, my hands didn't blow off. Well, actually, I wasn't really a war vet. Well, actually, I've never even left the country before. This is my first time leaving the country. Yeah, he's a janitor in the Coast Guard. <laughs> it just keeps going. Like... <laughs> I'm a janitor in the Coast Guard. It just keeps getting worse and worse. So, But he does have his redeeming at the end where he blo- his redeeming moment at the end where he launches out of the, the helicopter just to blow up the bridge. Uh, and sacri- you know, seemingly sacrifice himself for the rest of the cast. Yeah. Um, other other really funny cameos that were in this movie. We won't get into them, but um, a lot of them happen at the beginning, at the end. But Jason Bateman's in this movie at the award ceremony. Same with Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. We yeah. see Jennifer Love Hewitt. We see John Voight, Lance Bass, Sean. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, but all the other nominees. If you look in the background, like Sean Penn was nominated and he's playing <laughs> a blind actor. He's a blind guy. Yeah, he's playing a blind dude who's just like looking <laughs> on and like reading Braille or something. And then on the other side, there's some dude and like, I don't know who it is, but he's like in a wheelchair. Right, so everyone's just going like playing. They grip on, they just, there's just a nod to the Academy, or like a twist to the Academy. Right. Know? Like, yeah. So funny. So funny. So I thought that that was at least worth bringing up. Um, Christina Taylor's in it. So Ben Stiller's wife in real life. Um, she played in Zoolander. Oh, yeah. She was the love. You know her. She played. You know who I'm talking about. The, yeah, yeah. Well, she's Simple Jack's uh, love interest. Yes. <laughs> right, right. Um, so again, which is a poke at Ben Stiller. She's Marsha Brady. She's Marsha Brady from, uh, from Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch movie. Mm-hmm. So just a lot of cameos. I mean, much like the Austin Powers 3 thing where they kind of just all fit it there at the end. I thought, you know, just for these people, I looked it up too. That wasn't a real award ceremony. Those people actually went on set to be a part of that movie. Which, oh, sure. Which I thought and, was uh, fun. I bet they're doing it all in Hollywood and stuff. So they got time. Like, I bet that, that's the benefit of being out there. True. Um, uh, but and, and a small one that I, I brought to Phil's attention at the at, before the podcast was... Ben Stiller's writing partner, Justin Thoreau. Um, so in the movie Zoolander, there's this DJ with dreadlocks and everything. And he's a, he's a recurring character hidden in some of Ben Stiller's movie. And he's playing the party at the beginning, the same exact DJ. And it's actually Ben Stiller's writing partner, Justin Thoreau, who has been in American Psycho. He's, uh, but he's a little, it's little known that he's a comedic writer. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, he's in the left. He's the main character in the Leftovers. Mm-hmm. Handsome, handsome guy, but he's got this comedic upbringing that he, clearly he wants to get at through all these, you know, Zoolander in this movie. So it's. I, but it's interesting how he doesn't cast himself, though. It, 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 maybe he has that awareness that he's just like, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm just not that. You know, he just can't play those roles. So he's just the 
the DJ in a, a small snippet. Like, yeah. It's those little things, too, about that movie that you can rewatch and find little things. Uh, and again, you said you're, you, you had to slow down, put on the captions for Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that's how I found that that Mama's, what was it, Mama's Night Camo or something like that. Like, yeah. I'm like what did he just say there? And then I rewinded it and put the, the closed captions on because a lot of this stuff, like he's just going so over the top that, you know, it's almost like you're not supposed to hear what he's saying. But then the closed captions, like, bring some of the lines he has to life. I, next time I do it, I'm going to do closed captions from the top so I can see just... See what oh I missed. God. I think also one of my favorite scenes in the opening scene when there uh, it's it's the actual movie Tropic Thunder or not the I mean the movie within the movie and he's going to save uh, Four Leaf and he he's and he literally he runs from the chopper to go save him and he it's just like the worst like his legs are like flailing <laughs> he's shooting above everyone's head yeah and he's like he leaves the chopper for that. Jay Baruchel's character's stomach is ripped open. He's oh, yeah. in his own stomach. What is this? What is <laughs> yeah, and, uh, He's the medic trying to put himself back together, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the the stereotypes from the Vietnam movies are so funny. That's so great. like, yeah, Baruchel's character's name is Brooklyn, of course. Like Brooklyn, and then there's like, um, and Jack Black's is like Fatsy. It's like we need some bumble. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's he's supposed to be the guy from the A teamer. Jack Black is supposed to be like that guy from the A teamer with the cigar. Yeah, or like or the guy the redheaded dude from Band of Brothers. Not the the main character. He's also in Walking Dead and the Captain America. Anyway, he's just like the stereotypical, just like poor yeah. guy. Uh, but anyways, um, uh, yeah, Robert D- Downey, uh, Kirk Glaser is running out to save him. He goes. Call me a <laughs> <laughs> He runs out, his legs are flailing, shooting above everyone's head. And meanwhile, Ben Stiller's still getting shot and flailing about. And that, the scene is it, just, when it's replicated at the end, too, uh, and Kirk has is, is been brought down to his Australian self, all the guys are escaping, and he's going to rescue Tug again. He looks into the chopper, he goes, Cover me! And all the guys look, they have no guns. They're just like, what are we <laughs> like, what? And like, they're almost like they're still in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, it's, it, they're still very confused. But so well done with, you know, being able to use that uh, scene, the structure of the scene in a different context or, you know, yeah. the, you know the idea of the scene. Uh, the way the movie ends when they're rolling the credits, yeah, I know you said it's cringeworthy. I thought I thought it was kind of funny. So it's Tom Cruise dancing, dancing. He what is yeah, he dancing to? Apple bottom. People, people get think it's the funniest thing. Like a lot of people that I share uh, comedic, you know, interests with are. Uh, um, it's it's mainstream comedy. That's what it is. It's pop it's comedy. Just, it's uh, I. It, the way he moves makes me feel uncomfortable, straight up. I think like, it's I think it's supposed to, but I think it was meant to be like, oh, let's watch Tom Cruise dance. Like that's fun. It's not like true writing. It's just like the character him screaming Les Grossman, Diet Coke. Like that <laughs> shit is hilarious. Yeah, him, I will fuck you up. <laughs> like that shit is it, that is great. He I re I reanalyzed his character and, and he. He, he's hilarious, but the dancing at the end is just like uh, it's gratuitous for me. Yeah, gratuitous. 
Last thing I want to last... This has been by far our longest podcast, but one thing else I wanted to do, uh, bring up and chop it up. Yeah. Post production. Okay. So last thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah, that's, we'll send it over to our editor, Mookie. We'll we'll throw him a a couple extra bones and he he can do that. (laughs) But last thing I wanted to do was to go over quickly, Ben Stiller, him as an actor. So much like Jim Carrey, and I never would put these two in the same sentence other than that they're both in Anchorman at one point, or Anchorman 2. Um, the, his character, he's, he, in, in movies, ben, ben Stiller's characters in movies, he's either one, one role or the other. He either plays like this jacked, dumb guy right so like i'm talking about when he was in heavyweights dodgeball this movie here there's there's been a couple other ones where he's just like you know the really ancient Polly, walter mitty uh, no 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 no. i'm I'm talking about the the roles that he's just like this dumb jacked guy sure 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 but then the opposite and then the opposite is he's like this really timid shy guy who's stressed out and about to explode, but he's like really thin and frail. Yeah, so from, even even uh, the one with him and Drew Barrymore, it was it called Duplex. Like he's yeah, he's all stressed out and yeah. Or along, uh, meet the parents. Meet the parents yeah. is is a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good that's a good point. Too. He does have those two archetypes worth in one kid like um his yeah his character in Dodgeball. Jeez, uh, I can't remember his name. Um, but that's the, Bateman plays a small role in that too. That's why Ben Stiller has that star grab. Yeah, he does. He has to be like, yo, uh, Chuck Norris, here, pop in here for a second. Well, yeah. they, they do. They scratch each other's back because Bateman's, you know, ch- um, you know, love child was the uh, Arrested Development, and Ben Stiller's in that for a little bit as the magician. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Tony Wonder. Tony Wonder. <laughs> Tony Wonder. <laughs> uh, Tony Wonder's a great character. Oh man. Uh, so that, I mean, there's definitely has to be some sort of connection where they do, you know, cameo favors for each other, but, but just to get into Ben Stiller, it's just, he has, other than those two roles, and I didn't really scroll through his IMDB, like the, the dumb athletic fit guy, and then the, and then like the stressed out, you know, timid guy. Yeah. The two archetypes. What do what do you think about those roles and which one do you like better? Well, I guess I, you know, the movie, I like ridiculousness. I like yeah. stupidity, and when it's done really well, and absurdity, like, I love, that's why I love Danny Jr. Mookie, hey, Mookie, stop that. He's chewing on my thing. Um, but would you say, uh, would, would you say Meet the Parents is funnier than Tropic Thunder, though? No. no. I think Tropic Thunder is funnier, and it's bigger. Like, they, they just swung for the fences on Tropic Thunder. Like, literally, it, like we said, it's an action movie, it's a big comedy, there's star power, like, Meet the Parents is funny and it's clever, um, but again, uh, you know, the, 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 the dodgeball character, I just love ridiculousness, I yeah. like stupidity, and, and Ben Stiller just, he, he does caricature as well. Yeah. So I think that but, the, I think that the writing in those movies where he's like, along came Polly, you know, the Fockers... I think that the writing in that is better, but what actually makes me laugh more is when he plays... The Globo Gym dodgeball guy, the yes. uh, the the uh, 
senior citizen worker in Happy Gilmore where he plays the guy who's like the... Oh, my God. His cameos. Yeah. Like, his, right. He's got some great cameos. It, See, he, he scratches other backs, too. And I think I think in Heavyweights, that might be his funniest role of all time where he plays the... Oh, oh my God. Tony Perkins. <laughs> How do you remember this, though? Oh, my Tony God. Perkins. Tony Perkins. Tony, Tony loves you. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! But one of his—that's a great role, and he also plays his father in that, who is like his same role in uh, Starsky and Hutch when he like he's acting. He's like, "Go on, do it, do it, do it." He's yeah. like, and heavyweights, yeah. He plays he plays his dad as well. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, oh god, my son is good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of like the old Jewish guy, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he grew up. Jer- his dad. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, Jerry Stiller, you know, he yeah, grew up, he grew up, you know, probably close to the, si- uh, the sets of Seinfeld. Um, and, and, and all right, so we're talking about Ben Stiller as an actor here. And, and Doug, I know we're talking about we're going on, but let's chop it up later. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, so Ben Stiller is an actor here. He talking about scratching people's backs and extending the olive branch and. So he probably was extended it from his dad and the Seinfeld guys and all that. He has, but he's a hardworking dude. He had the Ben Stiller show with Janine Garofalo, Andy Dick, uh, Bob Odenkirk in the early '90s. Had two seasons. Did that himself. Uh, he did some awesome impersonations and stuff. Um, but again, he was handed the Olive Branch, I think, by uh, his dad and some of the Seinfeld characters. I read. Uh, there's an awesome. Um, Sit down. Uh, what? What? It, it was a big. It was. It, it took place in Martha's Vineyard. It was a big sta- uh, theater where uh, there was a roundtable discussion. Bill Hader led it, and it was Jim Carrey, uh, Ben Stiller, and um, I think Chris Rock, and the, the four of them discussing movies and stuff. And Ben Stiller and Bill Hader discussed how. Ben Stiller found Bill Hader in high school when he yeah. was doing high school theater, went and met him. They went and saw a movie together and discussed film and stuff like what, that. What's that on? Is that, is, is that on Netflix? I want to check that out. It may be. Um, there's a couple of roundtable discussions. Bill Hader leads one, and I can't remember who leads the other. Um, but yeah, Jim. I think Jim Carrey's in both. And Jim Carrey... It, so it's interesting to watch Ben Stiller's quiet and reserved and things you know Jim Carrey is on stage just in the middle in everyone's stage space just like reaching so physical (laughs) he like can't contain himself it's amazing I love that it's amazing that he doesn't do cocaine it would be it would be crazy to see what Chris Farley would have the energy he would have had if he didn't do cocaine he would have been up there with him you know yeah yeah um, but anyways, it, it, Ben Stiller extending that olive branch, being able to scratch other people's backs, being cameos and uh, you know, Happy Gilmore movie or uh, the Adam Sandler movies. Uh, he was in Anchorman. He was the Spanish newscast. Like it's, I think he's so successful and can do movies like this because he's so hardworking, but also he's friended, befriended the right people and gotten in the right places um but it seems like he's he's done really knowledgeably though really smart you know but but again his dad's jerry stiller he probably had a a a decent guy to show him the way yeah he definitely the talent that he has isn't even though he plays these goofy characters all the time or like seemingly his his talent is in his writing and in his delivery and i'm sure you know he, he both acted and directed in this movie 
Um, so, I mean, that, that can't be easy either. Like, you know, he's doing a cut. It's just so weird. Like he's doing a cut and he's just think about like that, the fake movie that he had to actually direct. Like if you go back and watch that, I mean, as goofy as it is, like there's actual movie things going, they do the flybys, they do the explosions, they do, you know, they, they're doing the fake bullets. Like when he's taking the bullets, when he's running away, that actually kind of looks real, you know, like, well, how is he, and, and he has to have great communication with the cameraman and like the people to be able to get the right shots. And, Oh, my favorite, one of my favorite parts of that scene is the, uh, Maddie called it the blood diamond music. That, just wailing sounds like someone's in pain right yeah. but that's that speaks to um uh ben stiller's just awareness of what people like and want to see and his his awareness of cinematic the cinematic universe or in, in hollywood like that's what mm-hmm. tropic thunder i think is is more than just a comedy it's a it's satire yeah and it's it's like like in the beginning when they're the, the whole premise of the movie the reason they go into the forest is because the director's allowing this 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 millions of dollars to be spent on parties and yeah. you know all this extra stuff and uh, and I think that's that's Ben Stiller really kind of uh, you know get jabbing at Hollywood yeah yeah when, that, that when people like Tom Cruise leave you know when, when they ruin that first scene and then like they're having to deal back I mean they did this a lot in Entourage too the the show. Um, when, when like, as soon as they like blow it or something, you know, something goes wrong on set, you still go back to like where they're all hanging out and Danny McBride's just using like, just literally burning money with, with yeah. the blowtorch yeah, exactly. at, at night, at night when Nick Nolte and the director are talking, you can just hear Danny McBride in the background, just blowing shit up. Like <laughs> they're, they're, they're just burning. Yeah. They're just, they are literally burning money on the set and it's, it's just really kind of I think a jab at that at, at the amount of money wasted also, to produce some of these movies continue on with jabbing at Tom Cruise so you, have you ever seen the, the Tom Cruise you know his relationship with Scientology at all yeah 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 I've seen that yeah so he's nuts seen that speech when he gets up in front of him and he's like we're gonna make a change right we're gonna do it together and like everyone's so that's Ben Stiller when he stands up in front of that party and he goes if you think about it we're kind of the same <laughs> he's like if you think about it we're kind of the same. He's like, that's from a children's book that I wrote. <laughs> He's just like, it's kind of mocking Ben. Uh, it's kind of mocking Tom Cruise and that that style of yeah, actor. And that they think they're so holier than thou and important and have these insights. Like Kirk Lazarus, the, 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 him and Tug Speed, they think they're so holier than thou because they have these insights to. He's like uh, Kirk Lazarus when they're doing the e trolley E Hollywood true story. He goes, he goes, he goes. My tools are the, the, the tools that trigger emotion. You, you know, they just think they're so important. Yeah. Uh, and, the, the the Tug Speedman and and Tom Cruise uh, comparison is just perfect. And I almost wonder if Tom Cruise was aware, like coming onto this. 
That's what I mean. And for but, him to be so over the top in this, I feel like he was totally on board with like with what you know what. How many how many Mission Impossible? How many Mission Impossibles do you think he had done by two thousand seven? Probably three. Well, I would say I think that's probably when Ghost Pro or Ghost was it Ghost Protocol Ghost Recall or something like that. Yeah, Ghost Protocol. I think it's what um, it was. which was probably the best one with Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, no, no. That was Mission Impossible three. Was Philip Seymour Hoffman? Are you sure? Yeah. Well, is that is that that's not Ghost Protocol? No, Ghost Protocol is when Jeremy Rayner shows up. I feel it. I think. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can't say I've kept up with those. I mean, I, I love the three in the Vin, D- Vin Diesel is a good one too. Uh, I just don't think he would go. I, I, his, I mean, the, the Fast franchises kept him pretty solid. Okay. But so now he's trying to do. Now he's trying to do movies by himself. I think there's one that came out this year. And it just was garbage. Like, and he did Triple X three or something like that. Who did? And it's just it's Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and I don't know. He he could be a good one too to be Tug Speedman. Vin Diesel. Yeah. I mean the fast. Yeah, like you said, the Fast and Furious are still printing money. Um, Doug, just to, uh, Mission Impossible three was made in two thousand six, so he had just made that. Um, yeah. and then mission, the ghost protocol was not, wasn't until 2011. Um, oh, really? so three was with Philip Seymour Hoffman in it, a great movie. I, I think, I think, I think, I think the best, the best mission impossible. By far. I mean, it was just dark. Like you actually people, I mean, important people die. Um, uh, they, you know, uh, I was still fooled by every time that there was like a, rev, a mask reveal. I was still fooled by it. When I watched, even though they had already done two, two, uh, you know, they'd used that movie trick twice already. Or I'm, like, I'm surprised that in with all the star power that Tropic Thunder brought in, like he totally could have got Simon Pegg or uh, Ving Rains, who are, you know, Simon, yeah. you know, who Simon Pegg is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys from Mission Impossible. Yeah. It's like I feel like yeah, you know, they could have kept going, but they got A-list celebrities for almost every single role. Yeah. I mean, except for, honestly, Jay Bearshaw. Hi, I'm Jay Bearshaw, and I'm just going to talk about just... He's the... He, I, I don't see where he fits in the movie, uh, but anyways. But everybody else is essentially an A-list actor. Yeah, they're giving him his start. They're giving him... Like, Jay Bearshaw, like, he's he's kind of... Him and McBride kind of roll in the same crew now. Danny McBride. Right. That's, that's a good point. And Bill Hader, too. And Hader, right, yeah. So it was just kind of those... It's an extension of the olive branch. It was like, right, it was A-list celebrities in McConaughey and crews coming together with, like, the Stiller crew, coming together with, like, those guys who, at the time, like, the Rogan, Danny McBride. Uh, uh, I, think, I think game respects game. Uh, as I said, Stiller to Bill Hader, all hard workers. Bill Hader is a head writer, one of the main writers for SNL for a long time. Yep. South Park. Yeah, he, wrote, he writes for South Park, which is a little in fact. I feel like um, and Barry. Have you seen the show Barry on HBO? I just saw the first the first season, which was which <laughs> with was Hen- good. with Henry Winkler. Yeah, like <clears throat> very, it's very good. Um, anyways, but now Jay Baruchel is is doing his own films. He's done. She's out of my league. The yeah. Goon. I mean, He's she's done. out of my league was a long time ago. But yeah, what's that? She's yeah. out of my league was a long time ago. Probably right around the same time as, as Tropic Thunder. 
Let me check. I'll verify that. But yeah, I would. I would imagine she's out of my league. Was two thousand and nine. That's my guess. All right, um, I'm looking it up. Two thousand and seven or two thousand nine. On either side of it. Um, um, 2010. You're close. 2010. Yeah. Um, but again, he's done the goon. He's uh, and then he's doing stuff with Seth Rogen. Uh, this is the end. He's, yeah. He's a big. He's a big part of that. So, anyways, it's another extension of the olive branch. And and again, I, I think it's game respect game. They all are working hard, writing a lot, uh, producing movies. So it's cool. Again, to and then this is the end is another movie with crazy stuff. Oh yeah, that and but that one's even more ridiculous than even Tropic Thunder was. I, I don't know. They're they're on the same they're on the same caliber for sure. Maybe not as big of a budget, but just as wild of an idea and just the absurd things that happen and then they just kind of move on to the next scene is is in in the same light as this movie. I feel like yeah oh absolutely that's another one they just absolutely went for it and it, and it like the the budget they went I mean like they're huge earthquakes and fires and uh, the devil comes and yeah yeah I think they're comparable movies because it's also like it's them playing themselves but also like Hollywood archetypes like Franco is like is just like the d-bag who's like into art and just like into everything yeah. you know just like I save all my props, man. Just, you know, he's like, you don't, you don't like art, man. And then Seth Rogen plays himself, which is him in every movie. True. All right. So let me see here. I'm just going to stop the recording. So in, uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, so we're gonna do something a little different here uh, at the end. I'm just gonna. I had an idea um, with a nod to the late James Lipton, who hosted Inside Actor Studio. Uh, he always asks a, a pretty quick line of questioning at the end to uh, to the person he's interviewing. I know you're the host, Doug. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love it. I just wanted to throw this out there, and maybe there's something we can continue. Uh, so a little bit rapid fire. There's no real limit but uh just some rapid fire questions uh you ready yeah you have blue i'm picturing you there with blue cards ready to go so go <laughs> uh, all right who's the best actor in the movie downey jr what's your, what's the best scene the not going full retard scene not going full retard talking about my, Sean Penn. That's my favorite scene, yeah. Tom Hanks, Sean yes. Penn. While wow, wow, he's in blackface. While wow in blackface, yes. Okay. Although you you know, he thinks he's the best actor, who's your favorite character in the movie? Small, big, like it could be McConaughey, it could be Yeah, I get I get you. Um I think my favorite character is Probably Jack Black. I like I like his character. He's just way over the top, sweaty, drug drug induced, drug fueled. Jeff Portnoy is a great name. Yeah, uh, and that that whole farts that whole fart sequence. Fart two is just so funny. I'm just I'm just such a sucker for fart jokes. So that's my answer. Okay. And if you could one add one actor, so with it, with this movie with crazy star power, yeah. if you could add any actor of your choosing to the cast to not fill in a role but just be in there, who would you add? Two thousand eight, it was right in Will Ferrell's prime. 
I think I'd add Will Ferrell either. I'm not sure who, if you'd replace someone or if you'd just be like a sixth guy running through the forest. No, but make, make up a role for him right now. Go. Um, I'm going to say he is the... He's one of the six guys running through the running through the jungle, and he's just doing like ridiculously borderline gay stuff and not wearing clothes the entire time. Yeah, and totally like believing Jack Black is like you know not really withdrawing from drugs because he doesn't really admit it till the end. Yeah, like but he's totally on board with like Jack Black just being sick or something. So putting me on the spot, that's my that's my response. That's pretty good. Okay, uh, your favorite quote. I gotta go back to the the mama's uh, when 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 Downey Jr. says that it, he's he's gonna sneak up on people using mama's night night natural night vision or something like that. I, I'm getting the quote wrong, but what is, hold on, I have it here. He goes, oh, where is it? I know this isn't quick, but he goes, Alpha and I already wearing mama's natural night camo. <laughs> That's what it, it's just too good. It's Apple so wrong. Watch. It's so wrong, but it's so funny. Apple goes, watch yourself. He goes, and then when I'm having the discussion, he goes, I just think you're confused. I am confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. If you could be any role in that movie, which one would you be? McConaughey. McConaughey's which one. Go ahead. Which role? I mean, he's the, he's just sitting there seemingly getting rich off of other people's work with all of like the top all of the top uh i feel like he has he has the best role and he's at the end of the day he's loyal so i like that about him too who am i in the, in the movie oh man who are you oh I'm gonna give you the Downey Jr. I'll give you you're Robert Downey Jr. You go blackface, not because not on, not just because I think you do something like that, but your Downey Jr. impressions have just been so good. And you would you on film, I feel like you'd steal the show. <laughs> uh, I do. It's possible that in a past life I was a black person. Anyways, <laughs> all right, back to that. All right, that's a good answer. Um, now. Could this movie be made today with the same with the same actors? Exactly how it is. Could it come out today with the social uh, culture, the uh, social envir environment that we live in, and how sensitive it is? I think there would be a lot more controversy. I think it could, and I think it would do better at the box office, at least in the theaters. But I don't think it would be as much of a classic. But yes, I do think it could come out today. It would just receive a lot more flack. And I, I agree. I think it would do a lot better in the box office. And yeah. maybe Downey Jr. would be, you know, maybe we'd get that nod if he wasn't going up against Heath Ledger as... That's just unfair. It was, yeah. Um, so, um, Jay answered my next question. Why could her... If, if it were released today, okay... And it wasn't exactly how it is. How would it be different if, if, if they had all the knowledge they had now? Like it had to be, it'd be a little bit different. How would it be different? Um, I think that well, for one, all the tech, the technology as far as, um, you know, that you see in in the movies with like Blackberries, that those would be iPhones. Um, yeah, I I don't. I mean, it holds up pretty good. So I, I think just like more tooth. 
there would be a nod to like Twitter. There'd be a nod to like social media. You know, as they go through the jungle, there'd be more selfies, stuff like that. But other than that, I think the basis of well, the story they was still. They took their phones, you know. So, I, but anyways, but there there'd be a, a t- different technology. Element. Yeah, yeah, nods to like Uber stuff that we have today. Yeah. Do you but, think that? So, do you think they'd still do blackface? I think so. Yeah, I think they'd still do blackface. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Where does this rank amongst? All right. So, not movies of all time. Comedic movies, where does this rank for you? So, it's not that high. I'd probably put it in my top 30. So, we'll top 30? Ju- yeah, just because I can't think of all the other above, I'll call it 28. Yeah, I mean, I might, it might be my top 25 or so just because of what it went for. And just, it, it, they really just swung for the fences, and I appreciate that attempt. Um, but also, just the satirical natures. I... I love poking fun at the nature of things, yeah. and and you're right, and, and you're right. I would, uh, um, uh, I, I probably would be the downy creature, uh, the downy creature, downy character. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess final question. I guess that was my how. What was it rank? Um, I guess I guess I guess that's all I got. All right, that's my first. That's my first attempt at a, a list um, of quick questions. That well, that that went a lot quicker. I thought we had like three more questions, but the, the, those I mean, were, those were good. There's like ten I had laid out. Um, I, um, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's what I got. That's, that's about perfect. All right. Well, I think that that's a good, probably a good spot to end it. Um, thanks everyone for listening. If you haven't seen Tropic Thunder recently, go back, look for the small subtleties that you haven't before. Enjoy all, all the all the performances that are just way over the top. And uh, thanks for listening to Three Dogs in a Movie podcast. Take it easy, everyone. Stay safe. Drink booty sweat. <laughs> Drink booty sweat. All right, dog. Peace out. See ya. Peace out. See ya. Uh, okay, so I guess Jack Black needs to uh, do some of the heroin one. All right, we're going to try another something different here. I uh, couldn't let the podcast end without, you know, going through a few of these impressions that, that Dog has been showing me before the podcast. Um, Dog, you ready? I'm going to just cue it right up to you. Why don't you give us a simple Jack impression? You m- 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 make me happy. I'm going to have trouble going and, uh, through all like, these without McConaughey, laughing. McConaughey always makes him say it on the, on the phone. <laughs> Say it for me, buddy. Uh, you you make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bonus McConaughey impression in there, too. All right, let's roll right into the Robert Downey Jr. No TiVo? <laughs> That's McConaughey. All right. Robert Downey Jr. as he's, uh, you know, in any role that you want him to be in. Oh, uh, well... Before the war, I was a cisroom. Uh, I guess I must up collard greens and some crawdads at the river there. Heh, <laughs> I guess I'm going there. Oh my god, that's too good. And then Brandon yeah. T. Jackson comes right in and just calls him out. Uh, Uncle Sam, what for we talk? Went home every day, handy. Nah, wasn't that good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all right, next one. 
All right, next one, next one we can do is Jack Black. Just any quick snippets that you have of him. All right, so this is him. We need boom, boom, <laughs> That's him at... He's on the back. I'm probably ruining this whole recording because I'm laughing so hard. All right. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> and, uh, All right, all right. And then and last is, uh, yeah, 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 do Jay. What porn actually favored, the form they porn, porn actually favored became the, that took pressure. You talking to me? <laughs> oh, that's uh, too good. Guys, guys, we're going the wrong way. Uh, oh, like, man. Uh, two, four, four great. Actually, we got a bonus one with McConaughey, so five great impressions, dog. I gotta wipe the tear. Nah, it's not good. I gotta wipe the tears out of my eyes before we go to our next uh, segment here, but hopefully we can insert like a, a booty sweat ad in right between this and our next segment. Everyone hang tight. Thank you, homie. I love a pussy. I love a pussy. I love a pussy. Hey, yeah, when I'm pussy, <laughs> They're cleaning a gun with no bullets, eh? I'm just a boy playing with his dick when he's nervous. You know that? Do you know that line? Yeah, I just recorded that. 